Good evening and thank you for calling the latest Instagram Live Goodwin video. Well, uh, it's been a very interesting day, hasn't it? We've all got off the uh, television probably and watched the um, Dominic Cummings uh, story. Uh, one thing I can promise is that when we talk, we don't uh, sit there and tell porky pies like we've just heard, which is uh, unbelievable. Um, but it's something we all have to get on with. I know Boris is doing something at the moment, but uh, to be honest, I'm a bit fed up with it after watching uh, all of that. But uh, we've got a lot to look forward to tonight on our show, and I will start off with who's on, and we go backwards first. Uh, at 7.30, we've got Matthew Chander. Matthew Chander, who, in a very short career, when I, when I look at it, won the Southern Area title and also challenged and lost a split decision to Duke Meeker, who's world-ranked now, for the Commonwealth title and it was a fight that I think he was unlucky not to get the decision on. 20 past seven, we're joined by former uh, Southern Area champion and uh, current, or was current uh, English contender, Sean Robinson, who's uh, had a very successful career so far. He's 14 ultimate boxer, we'll talk to Sean about that. Uh, 10 past seven, we're joined by a real character of boxing, Eddie Muscat, who works down at the Peacock Gym um, and he's uh, he does matchmaking, corner work, and we'll talk a bit more about what Eddie does and uh, what his role is in boxing. And first up, he's a trainer that a lot of people might not necessarily have heard of, but he's got a very, very good resume, and uh, he's somebody that's uh, had many, many champions in the past. That's Steve Kipps, and we're going to try and get hold of Steve now. Let's, here we go. Steve, who did train Matthew Chander, who uh, we will be speaking to later. How are you, Steve? Hello, mate. How you doing? Did you watch that lot of rubbish just now? I did. <laughs> how, many times, <laughs> how many ways can you ask the same question? <laughs> God, didn't it drag? Didn't yeah. it drag? I'll tell you what, he's... I mean, listen, the story's bullshit, but he did stick... He still, he sat there for an hour and a quarter and stuck to it, didn't well, he? So, yeah, full credit I for that, I suppose. Well. Yeah, he done well. There we go. There you go. Yeah. He's a good liar. He's a good liar. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, moving on. So, I mean, obviously, you're, you're not as well known as perhaps your success in boxing sort of deserves. I know, I know, I know you, you go under the radar and you needed a bit of persuasion to do this. So, oh, yeah. you don't normally do interviews, do you, or anything like that? No, the, the, box, the boxers do it all. <laughs> I leave it to them. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so at the, moment, at the moment, let's talk about your current boxers. Obviously, you've got Liam Dillon who was yeah, Southern Area champion. And you've got Andre yeah. Santa, who's just started off with you, haven't you? Yeah, Andre Santa, yeah, he's doing very well. He's a lovely kid to work with. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, he's, he's got promises, very enthusiastic. And, um, yeah, he's an intelligent boxer and, and he wants to learn as well. So it's all good. So let's go, let's go back a few years. Yeah. And, and tell, us about, tell us about the fighters that you have trained in the past and where um, you started from. Well, I started, originally I started a club called King's, King's Cross as a boxer that changed its name to Islington. And then I moved to Crown and Manor, where I suppose uh, we, I was the main sparring partner with Michael Watson. He, he, he left after, when he turned senior, he, he went to the Colveston. I stayed there, uh, injured my wrist and ended up being a coach instead. Um, we, we had Jason Matthews, who won the ABA five times London champion. Um, always called the nearly man and uh, then he finally done it one year very determined won the abas 95 um i then had ian napper um 
my dad mainly did Jason Matthews, so I'm not going to take any thunder away from him. He was the main coach there. And um, then I had Ian Napa. So it was, a, it was a hard task to try and catch, get an AVA champion, but I did. He, uh, he won the Federation uh, Boys Clubs as well. Um, then I turned pro with, pro with Ian. Uh, he won the Southern Area Champion. Uh, he lost to Jason Booth. Uh, for the British and Commonwealth, lost it probably in the last couple of rounds where experience counted. Didn't help that he got burnt by the radiator literally seconds before we went into the arena. Um, we went on to fight for the world title. Um, he lost to Peter Colsh. Good performance, said he was getting his second wind, and then Colshaw pulled a pulled a punch from. It all went down. That we were so close. And then when Coleshaw says that his, his corner had said he had one more round and they were pulling him out, you just realised that you was minutes away from having your own world champion. I'm sort of always trying to catch catch that up because, uh, you know, he, he had Jason the world title, Commonwealth, Intercontinental. And I keep trying. Um, Southern Area's been, been my... Uh, point that I've got to so far with with, with Matthew. Um, he did well. He won novice championships as a, a na at national level as a as an amateur. Um, then we turned pro with him. He won the Southern Area title. Uh, some say I took a gamble against Mika. I, I had no doubts. I thought we could beat Mika. He nearly did it, even to the point where Mika thought even thought he possibly had lost. But I think it was a fair. I don't think anyone could complain about the decision. You know, it was close, and um, yeah, that was that. Now I've got Liam Dillon, Southern Area Champion, going for the English title, and there was an injury, and then we had Corona and all this. So uh, it's it's on hold at the moment, but I'm still trying to break the ceiling of the, of that Southern Area. <laughs> but but so with Liam, I mean Liam, you've done a fantastic job with. He didn't have a stellar amateur record, did he? He, he had, you know, he, he boxed a wall from Forest. Um, he, he'd had a fair few won anything uh, championship-wise. He was, a, I suppose, what you'd call a club, a club boy. Um, yeah, a rough diamond that, that just needed a bit of polishing and. Uh, he, he goes leaps and bounds. He's always wanting to learn. He's very, you know, you know, the lad's a scaffolder. He has a long, tough day, but he's there at the gym, never, never shirks a training session. And he gives 100%. I don't know how he does it, to be honest, because, you know, working all day as a scaffolder and then when we're in camp, it's every, every day, sort of every evening till sort of nine o'clock at night, we're training and running early in the morning at the weekends he, he, he's um he's a proper professional and has has your wife coped with all the boxing you do is she quite good with it yeah she's very good with it she's she knows that um it's what i like doing it's i'm relatively successful at it i enjoy it i do it for the boys more than anything you know when i was running the crown of manor you know we was up and down the, the country she's from gospel in Hampshire. I made a lot of contact sort of down in the Hampshire. So we was going to, you know, choose the night that drive you down to Portsmouth and getting in at two and getting up at five to go work. And, you know, we, we had 
we've had some good times and she knows that that's what I, what I like doing and I'm not someone who's down the pub drinking and things like that so there's there's a lot worse things I could be doing possibly. <laughs> so with Liam who's obviously the guy that's furthest advancing the stable at the moment what are your realistic aspirations for him going forward? Well I did say to you when we signed didn't I that he was he was a dark horse I didn't didn't know how far he could go. I've seen, he reminds me a bit like um, Scrap Iron Ryan, sort of came in, didn't he? And the people mm. sort of, for years ago, and he just, every challenge that came at him, he sort of excelled and he, he moved on. And I, and I see Liam as someone who has a challenge put in front of him and, and he aspires to it. And um, he, he, he stands up and, and um, is willing to be counted. You know, I know that he'll always go down holding his shield up, you know, and I've got to protect him because he's a he's a brave a brave fighter. Mm. You, you've got to have a strong head in the corner when you've got a brave fighter, and um, you know I I don't I don't know if I would go to be quite honest. He, he, he it's a great it's great with, with other you know with Ian Napa. I always thought he would fight fight for a world title. Or always believe that. Um, with with Matthew, I just thought his style was good. I, I guarantee, I said to you, I guaranteed win a southern area, and after that, I thought he would again step up to the challenge. But 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 with Liam, it's it, it's a path of of unknown. I just I just have I do believe in him, and he he, he rewards me with with my belief in him. He, he you know he is a model model pro. He trains hard, gives everything, and I know when the bell goes, he'll he'll give everything as well. Because he had a brilliant fight for the English title, didn't he? When he had yes. a draw with Yusuf Kamari. That was a was a brilliant, one of the fights of the year, I thought. Well, I think so. I think the television, that would have been a great fight for TV. Um, I said to you, I thought I thought we'd won it. I had two thoughts when the final bell went. I thought we'd nicked it by two rounds. But I also had the same feeling of, it's a shame someone's got, got to win it. It was such a good, a good fight. And the draw, you know, it hurt, hurt hurt me more than losing in a world title fight, to be quite honest, because at least you've you've got the decision there. You just feel as if you're in limbo and you've got to do it all again. And then then to find out that he didn't want to do it again with 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 uh, Liam, it it's sort of sticks. I know it sticks in Liam's throat. He wants he wants wanted the rematch, but I say I've he, he's by the side now. We just move on, and whoever else comes comes his way, we'll take him. Yeah, so that's brilliant. Steve, well, thanks a lot for joining us. Let's hope for some more success and let's hope we can get you that British champion and maybe even a world champion. Who knows? Yeah, it is open then, eh? All right, cheers <laughs> then, mate. <laughs> thanks a lot, my friend. I'll speak to cheers, you soon. mate. Thanks a lot. Bye. And that was Steve Kipps, one of the most underrated or I would consider trainers that nobody knows about. And he's capable of taking fighters from any level to, to be winning titles and going further and beyond. So he's a great trainer, Steve, and his dad, Bob, was also a very was a top top trainer in his own right as well. So let's move on to a young man for, who works out of the Peacock Gym. We're going to talk about exactly what he does in boxing because I don't really know, but we're going to. I know he does quite a lot, so we're going to find out what he does on a day to day basis. That's Eddie Muscat. So let's get hold of Eddie and have a chat with him. Just waiting for Eddie to. Eddie, how are you? 
Hello, Steve. How are you, mate? You good? I'm good. Let me, let me tell you a start. I'm much nicer on video conferencing than I am on text messages. <laughs> Steve, that's got to be easier than anything you've ever said, mate. <laughs> All I'll get is yes, no, and that's it. <laughs> I'm going to be saying, what have I done wrong? Oh, no, no I'll get is yes, no. I'm thinking, oh, listening. no. For those people that are listening, um, I, I'm very, I'm very, very... On text, I've got so many texts coming in, it's really brief. It's like one word will do, that's what it is. And at one point, Eddie thought I was being rude, and I wasn't. And it's just a sort of standing joke nowadays. I'm still the same, that's how it goes. No, no. Anyway. It's, it's, it's not rude at all. It's just like, hold on, because I usually go, yes, could you answer this with a yes or a no, please? And I'm going, no. Yeah. Oh, oh, what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how how are you coping in lockdown? How's life treating you? What... Steve, we're all in the same boat, mate. It's not much we can really do. Is I, I, I've missed my boxing loads and loads. So as I say, I'm matchmaker, cuts man, and whatever, and I can't do anything. I'm just uh, ready for the next step type of thing. I mean, I've got my own database of boxers, so I, you know I keep up to date on everything. So when it does go, I'm ready to go myself. Yeah. But, when did... So tell us about your journey in boxing. When did you start off in boxing? Uh, do you know what? I used to go and watch Stevie Roberts. I don't know if you remember Stevie Roberts. He's come from my way, and I used to watch him all the time. I was an amateur. Him and Terry Abbott and David Dent, people like that. And I just watched it through that. And then I remember going to a show once, and I would see a, an absolute really bad decision. And I, get, and I went, ah, it's terrible. And the geezer went to me behind. He went, well, you think you can do better? I went, yeah, I reckon I could. So I joined up to do a judge's call. So I done. I was a judge for twelve years at the amateur scene. Was you? Oh, yeah. So I've done my apprenticeship sort of thing, Steve. So I was an amateur judge for about twelve years, and then I've done that, and then went to the pro side. I worked with Ian Burbage, as you know, who's one of the best underrated trainers going. Yeah. Great, great fella. So I, I, he, he took me under his wing for ten years. I've been his right hand man, hopefully. Uh, obviously, Peacock Gym, and they've, they've taught me everything and brought me up, and you know, just got to giving me more confidence of doing cuts and then matchmaking because you know, I've seen fights. I think that's that's not a good match set, and I like to think I know what I'm. Well, I know that I know what I'm doing, but yeah. it's all coming out really well now, Steve. You know, yeah. I've seen you in Mark Little's corner, who's one of the one of uh, the. Yeah, well, my little's a local boy for me. I've, I've known, I've, I've probably had me sitting on my lap. It's a fact I, I know the whole family, but I, I love doing the cuts as well because yeah. you're part and parcel of that on a Saturday, Steve, you know? Yeah, no, and I know. And I do the ass uh, corners as well on the yeah. BT shows. It's, 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 you pick things up. You, know, like you might see a trainer there and go, I'll, I'll think, go, as, you know, how does he see that? And then I'll listen to what he's saying and I'll. In my head, where I agree with him or not, so you're picking bits up all the time. I'm trying to learn all the time, Steve. You know. And how long have you been so, a matchmaker for now? Uh, it, it, well, not that long. About three, three or four years. I can't remember the exact date, but it's five or three or four years. You know, don't get me wrong. It, it was tough at first. You know, you, you think, oh, it's more of a nerve thing. Every time you see a fight, what you've made, you're like that. You're a bundle of nerves. But to be, to, you know. Most of my fights come out well, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I, I like to think I know I'm doing. I know I'm doing. Stressful job though, isn't it? Do you not find it stressful? Oh, Steve, ask you ask. Well, as, as I was going to say, you ask Kevin. Kevin was one of the first people to come down when I first said I'm going to do a matchmaker. He was absolutely brilliant with me. Come down all the way from Leighton Buzzard, 
sat with me for two or three days down the Peacock gym yeah. and showed me how to do this. And, that. and I really, I've never, I've never forgot that. I'll always appreciate what can be done now. Yeah. But the, I say the more experience I've got, I've done my own, like made my own shows and things like that. And the times I've done it, made a whole show and then it's been pulled. Or you might have a booked a fight four weeks ago. Three weeks he's been fighting. The week before you're fighting, it's a cut. Yeah. You've got to find someone else. So it really is stressful. Really is. But it's it's a puzzle, Steve. No. You've got to put your little jigsaws into this. So I, I enjoy, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy being part of boxing. I love it. I really do. Hello. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Boxing your full-time life, or do you do something else? As well. You see, you go down the Peacock Gym most days, then? I'm down, every day I'm down there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as I say, I've, I've, as I say, I've, I've been like with, through the Peacock, I've, so I've grown up with Martin, Tony and Paul. So, you know, I'm, I love it. I mean, it's the best stable I've seen down the Peacock this year, what, whatever, I mean. Daniel Dubois brings such a buzz to the place. Uh, Denzel, Sean, Billy Allerton, Louis Lynn. Uh, you've got your experience with Larry Akandayo. Little Tom, little Tom. It's great down there. It's a, you know, you, you want to be there to sit there, even have a cup of tea and coffee. You sit there and talk to Jimmy Tibbs. Do you know, there's a lot of legends in the game. He gives you a bit of advice. Mark Tibbs is down there. Fantastic, Jim. Fantastic, mate. So how do you see the Dubois-Joyce fight going without putting your peacock head on? Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've, I've seen Daniel spar so many times, as you can imagine. He's got freakish power. He really... Don't get me wrong, Joyce has got a chin like granite. But if I was... If I was to say, I mean, Joyce has got a lot of experience as well, but maybe he's the wrong side of 30. If you, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying that... I mean, don't get me wrong, Joyce, Joyce can fight. I mean, we had um, Bryant Jennings down there, like training down there. We said, you know, if you're going to do... You got, and he just said he was just a monster. He was just too big. He's just arms everywhere. So I've got... I'd have to go with Dubois just basically because of who he... But it's, I don't think it's going to be the easiest fight in the world. I really don't. He can make it look so scruffy, Joyce. So... For sure. Let's, yeah. just hope, let's just hope they're able to stage it because Frank said he won't do it behind closed doors and there's no indication... I'm not going to be funny, Steve. Yeah. You can't do it, mate, because it's a, big, it's a ticket oh, seller. They, I'm not, I kid you not, they sold the O2 out within two days, I think. So you can't have that behind closed doors. It's too much money to lose. No, I get that, but obviously you've got to hope, yeah. you've got to hope that they get an yeah. audience back. I mean, that's, I agree. I mean, Steve, it, yeah. this is our problem, Steve. I mean, I'm a small matchmaker. And, um, you know, whether we can get these big, like, long shows going again, like 15, I don't know. It's, it's quite worrying, really. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, it is worrying, you know. Well, we don't know what's happening with all this from one week to the next, or we've just got to take no. it slowly but surely. And no, that's what I'm saying. Steve, I, I mean, all I can do, mate, is just go from day to day. And, and I, I mean, I'm in touch with, I've spoke to Graham Everett earlier, and Ian Burbage I speak to all the time. So, you know, just keep in touch with people. That's all you can do, mate. No, exactly. Well, it's good to be in touch with you tonight, mate. So, thanks a lot for coming on. And, and, and thank you for saying yes on. and not biting me head off. <laughs> <laughs> well, look after uh, yourself, Eddie. You look after yourself. And you, Steve. Good luck. Yeah. Stay safe, mate. See you soon. Bye, mate. Well, that's Bye. Eddie Muscat, one of the great characters and nice men of the game. 
Um, and we're going to move on from Eddie to a young man that's achieved quite a lot for a very young age. Champion, fighting on BT, sport, um, and really he's looking for the big guns and the big fights. And that's Sean Robinson, who's a super talented fighter and, a lot, and very much underrated in my opinion. Uh, let's find Sean. Get hold of Sean. One of the fighting brothers. His brother Luke also fought until medical issues stopped him fighting. Sean, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I was saying, I think you're one of the most underrated fighters out there. I think that would be a fair thing to say. I don't think sometimes you get all the credit from, from people that you deserve. And I think you earned that in ultimate. I think you should, what you showed in ultimate boxer, nobody should question you again. Yeah, no, and um, oh, a box, I thought boxed really well, actually. But um, I think my Southern yeah. Area title fight as well, I showed it, against um, Josh Ekopovic, and I beat him. Like, I thought I he was 12 and 0. I thought I was the underdog in that fight. So, um, yeah, I think I showed it there as well. Yeah, yeah no, I, t I mean, I think, I totally think, I mean, I think you're capable of fighting amongst the elite in your division, without a doubt. Um, we spoke about it the other day, didn't we? Because there's a potential matchup for us going forward for July, August that we're working on. Um, I think the signal's not great there. Let's have a look. Is that all right? Uh, yes, coming back. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, so we I mean, I said, I think we spoke about it the other day, didn't we, that we're ready to take big fights now. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, I'm ready to fight anyone. I've always said it. I'm not actually scared to get in there and box anyone. I always think, like, obviously, you've got to have your build-up fights against the journeyman. But when you get to a certain level, I think you just got to make the jump, didn't you? Like, I had the Southern Area fight. English title, I think, is quite busy at the moment. And we can't do nothing at the moment. So, if there's any big fights out there, I'm up for it. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, because the thing about the ultimate boxer was, as you know, you know, you, did, you lost the first two rounds, but then you came on in the third. If that fight was a longer fight, and it's against a top talented kid, I think he'd have been, he'd have been in a bit of trouble. I mean, it was a... It was a fight, yeah. realistically, where you clearly won the third round and was coming strong, wasn't you? Yeah, exactly. Well, I knew that was the only thing that got me a little bit is because you know that beforehand. You know it's only a three-round format. But where I come on strong, obviously, he was an Olympian, wasn't he? I think he boxed in the 2016 Olympics. So, like, yeah. he was suited to the three-round format. So, I was a little bit irritated myself because, like, I knew that format. Like, you, it's all right coming on strong, but you should have done it from the get-go. But it's an experience. Also, the TV as well. It was good to, like, get my face out there. Like you said, hopefully there'll be some opportunities coming up, like even before lockdown or whatever, like something we can get back on TV. And I think something that people can't evaluate is for a fighter, when you have done the TV experience and you do it again yeah. a second time, you're so much more prepared. And I think yeah. it's going to make you better prepared than somebody who's never done a TV fight and jumps into the cameras. It's, everybody says the same thing. That first TV appearance is, is difficult. Yeah, even like... Um, going down to the studios beforehand for my box. So, like, to be fair, like, stuff like that, I get more nervous doing stuff, even like this now, I get more nervous doing this sort of stuff when I do, like, a fight. I don't know why, I've always been like it. But, um, yeah, you just got to get used to it. And, like, it just, I don't know, it's, like, it's a good experience, like you said. You don't want to be worrying about that sort of stuff, just worry about the boxing. But. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, going back to your title win against Edric Povey, uh, yeah. he dropped you, was it in round two? Yeah, round two, yeah. And then what I thought was great was how you actually... You didn't let that phase you either. You just got up from mm. it, and then you really dominated the fight pretty much most of the rounds afterwards, didn't you? I mean, you dominate, and and it, it was great for you know for somebody who's so young to be able to cope with adversity like that and learn so much from it.
Yeah, I thought, um, like, in that fight especially, I thought, like, like I said, because I got knocked down, like, I, you never know how you'll deal with that situation until you're in it. And, like, I, I think every boxer goes, oh, yeah, I'll fight anyone if I get knocked down or get up. But when you're actually in that situation, like, it didn't even go through my head. I was just, like, get up, like, fight. I didn't even think about it till afterwards when I watched it. I realised how big of a shot it was. But, um, yeah, like, even that, it's just something, like, if I know if it happens again, if it gets tough. Well, I've always known that, like, amateur, I boxed a lot of top boys. Like, that's why when I turned pro, I, was, I didn't feel like I got any, not, I'm not saying, like, I was an amazing amateur, but I was a good amateur. I was two-time national finalist. I won four London titles. Like, yeah, so when I turned pro, I always felt like, I, I, although I had something to prove, I've proved myself as well. I've been boxing since I was seven years old. I had 48 amateur fights. I think I won 32, lost 16. And that's high level as well, not just club bouts. And that's a good record. I mean, it's a quality, yeah. I mean, you're a quality fighter. And I think, I think, I mean, I, I think you'll go on eventually to fight for a British title at the very least. I'd be disappointed if you don't, don't reach that. I mean, what do you, what's your aspirations? I've always said the British title, like, to be fair, you know, when I first, when you're amateur, it's, it's quite funny. Like, I remember watching Journeyman and, like, Southern Area, and I'd be like, oh, I'll knock them out, like, when I was amateur, like, and then you turn pro and you realise how difficult it is. Like, a Southern Area title was a big thing for me to win because, like, my dad always spoke about it. But I didn't think about it till I turned pro, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, a Southern Area title, I'd like the English, but there's other routes, isn't there? So if I can get, like, a big fight, win that, then, like, I'm only 24 as well, so you've got to play it. Exactly, but I don't like. I'm not. I do. I do want to step up. I think like there's no point waiting around because like, I was thinking about the other week. Like we were talking about opportunities the other day. If I don't take stuff, I'll just sit and moan. Like I think a lot of more hall boxers go, oh, um, like, I don't get no opportunities. When they do get often, they don't take them. Like oh, my boxer was another example. Like I remember I had the Southern Area titles unbeaten, ten and zero, and you was like, why are you going in it? Like, at first, and then I was like, because you get your face up there, and if, as long as you're confident in your performance, and performing, I think you should just go for it. I mean, it's just you're not, you're not a three-round fighter, are you? That's, yeah. That was the thing with that. You were going into a competition that didn't suit you, and you're fighting a top-level amateur. Yeah. That was the thing. I mean, I'd, I'd actually fancy you against Donnelly in a 10-round fight. Genuinely, I'd, I'd take that fight every day of the week. I fancy you to beat him over, over a longer distance, for sure. It's just that, yeah. but again, it was it done no harm, did it? It done no harm. No, no, I always think as well, like, it's, there's ways you lose. Like, if you step up and get blown out in three rounds, that's not that's not a good idea. Like, you've got to weigh it <laughs> up, haven't you? Like, yeah, like, if I got an out my box, I got chinned in the first round, then it's stupid. But I think if, like, if you step up and you, like, you might lose, like, by two rounds. Obviously, you don't want to go in to lose, but it's just the way you way you perform, really, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so going forward now, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, for anybody that's not under a TV promoter's, yeah. Um, stable and but I'm sure we're, there are going to be opportunities. We just have to get ready for them because there's not going to be any foreign boxers coming in anytime soon, is there? So there's going to be those opportunities. And um, again, the domestic titles are a little bit frozen up, and so you have to look at different routes if you want to stay, if you want to get the opportunities, don't you? And it's being realistic, isn't it, about those fights you take? You don't want to be taking the absolute creme de la creme at short notice. No. That would be crazy. But you've got to take fights you think you've got a, a fair chance of winning. Yeah, I think if you've got a training camp, like I'll fight anyone with eight weeks' notice. Like, not in a, yeah. again, like, I'm not saying I'm going to fight like Errol Spence, something like that. I'm just saying anyone around the British, if you give me eight weeks, like, when I train, I proper, like, and my last two fights, I've been sponsored. So I haven't had to work. So I dedicate myself for eight weeks, like, 
running five times a week, training twice a day. But yeah, you've got no excuses. Like if I, like I said, if I get an opportunity in this lockdown to fight on TV, they were, and I say it didn't go my way, I'll never have an excuse because I'll put 100% into it. Well, at the moment, as you know, we won't go too much deal. We've, we've accepted, although they haven't come back and taken it, but we've, uh, we're in negotiations for an opportunity. And if we get it, I think we've got a chance of winning. But maybe they'll yeah. think we've got a chance of winning as well. And maybe they won't want to box us, who knows? But yeah, hopefully. As soon as I know, you'll know anyway, mate. So thanks a lot for coming on. Your, your pain <laughs> and your purgatory is over. You can go back to those <laughs> anymore. But thanks a lot Thank for coming you. on tonight, Sean. Really appreciate it. Bye. Take care, mate. And that's Sean Robinson. A real pleasure to deal with a really talented young super welterweight. Already a champion, and he's definitely going to be winning more titles. He's only 24 years of age. And that's a man who I thought excelled in his very short career, but could have been there could have been so much more for him if fate hadn't conspired against him. And that's a young man by the name of Matthew Chander, who we've already touched on when we spoke to Steve Kipps earlier. So we're going to try and touch base with Matthew now, see if we can find him. We'll get Matthew Chander, here we go. Matt, how you doing? Hi, Steve. How you doing, mate? I'm good, my friend. Is family well? Everybody good? Yeah, everyone's good. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. All good. Yeah, so everybody's well. Yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's good, mate. Everyone's good. That's good. Do you know, how I was you looking good? today, because I, I look back at your career today, and when I was looking back at it, I couldn't believe that we only had eight fights. I mean, that's mental. I and know. In, in fight six, you win the Southern Area Super Bantamweight title, and then... In fight eight, we take on the highly regarded Duke Mika for the Commonwealth title, and we lose on a split decision. And, you know, as Steve said earlier, you know, you, you, there was an argument for you winning that fight. You couldn't argue really either way, but you, that guy is now world-ranked. And yeah, you took yeah. him to a split decision in only your eighth fight. And um, tell everybody what happened after the eighth fight and why you didn't box again. Um, for after eighth fight, I think it was 2016, wasn't it? And um, we tried to get a fight for the English um, for the English title for, for a long while, didn't we, Steve? And then, um, and then I think the board um, promoted to fight for the British British title against mm -hmm. Charlie Edwards. Um, and then, uh, I've, yeah, I, I don't. That went that went haywire, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I well, yeah, we're meant to we meant to have the um, have the fight, and you pulled out. And then, yeah, it was just um, it was. Um, yeah, well, for, for a long while I didn't get, I didn't get, a, didn't, didn't get a fight, and then, and then uh, my my medical came up, and yeah, so for, for for my medical, it was um, it was yeah, uh, something called a CSP with uh, um, having the um, I think a lot of the population are born born with it, having the cavity on top and in the middle of the middle of your head, and um, I think the board the board looked at it and and because they weren't sure how it affected me long term. Um, they um they were decided to to decline my application sort of thing. So how so looking back at it, how long did it take you to adjust to the fact that you couldn't box when that happened? Um, what do you mean? How long did it take? In what, in, how long, in so how of, long did you feel? I mean, there was time. How long did it take you not to accept it because you knew, but to be able yeah. to let it go and move on? Well, it took a while. It took it took a while, Steve. So even now, even even um. 
I think even now when I see certain certain fighters at um, my weight or the weight below or weight above, and I feel like I can't man, like I'd I'll take these guys any day. Um, like I will not even take them. I'll um, um, I'll beat them. I could um, for some looking at some of these champions, and I feel like yeah, I'll beat them sort of thing. So it hurts. It hurts even now still, but. Um, no, I, I genuinely, I genuinely believe you could, you would have gone beyond British level. I believe, I believe you'd have won a British and gone beyond. I, I, I think you had, you know, you had that talent to do that, and that it is yeah. frustrating. It is frustrating. Yeah. But I mean, you achieved a hell of a lot in a very short time. But what are you doing with yourself now after boxing? Well, I was always working. Like I finished, um, like I turned, uh, made sure to turn pro after with with, with, with Steve. Um, we said we're going to turn pro after I finish um, finish uni. So um, I finished uni. I'm I'm I'm, I'm working in school and interventions like in behaviour, um, trying to make sure that kids um, well don't get certain kids don't get like or don't get excluded and still straight and straight straight and narrow. Um, and I'm yeah just still in the gym, um, tra training the sparring with him and 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 um, and Andre and um, yeah I, I still I still I still go to the gym. I still I still spine train and stuff like that. So yeah. Are we ever gonna see you in the corner? I don't know, man. To be in the corner, you have to be. I I, I feel some coaches have to be a bit mental, man. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 a lot. And I'm not I'm not patient enough. Like I'll I'll, I'll go there get a kid. If you can't do it, I'll be like, yeah, you can't do it. It's, it's, that's it. It's a lost cause. Um, but, but you have to be. I think you have to have a passion for it. Um, for or to, yeah, to coach, you have to have a passion for it. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's my passion. I like to. I like, I like to teach and pass on my knowledge. But in terms of developing talent and and stuff, it's a skill. And it's a skill yeah, I don't think I have to be So well, um, Steve, and I was saying before, Steve Kipps is an underrated coach, isn't he? He's a brilliant coach. Yeah. Yes. He's awesome. He's awesome. Um, he's also, yeah, he's awesome. He's also a good person. Yeah. No, that's. I know he's a he's a great guy, and and obviously yeah. you're going to see the development of Liam hopefully. Going on to yeah, Liam's my dude. Yeah. I mean, he's done very yeah. well, hasn't he, Liam? No, he is. Liam's awesome, man. I say he's a genuine, genuine kid, and, and he gives a hundred percent. I also say some people, like some people, just say it for for the sake of saying it. But Liam is someone who gives a hundred percent. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm um, when we're when we're training, I'm running, I'm thinking, oh, Liam, do you have to do this next this next lap? You don't have to do this next lap. And it could be raining. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> It could be raining and muddy, and Liam will be like, "Nah, yeah, yeah he's, he's he's doing it." But um, but yeah, I think he generally you haven't seen. I think he's got more to give, and he hasn't shown in the ring what he can actually um what he actually does in training. But that comes with experience, and even me, my with, with um with um yeah, with the with when you when you're when you're under ten fights and stuff like that, you, you're you're still learning. You still you still. Yeah. You're, you're not able to translate what you're doing in the gym in 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 the ring, um, come fight day. But um, but yeah, I, I think you'll see the best of him soon. Yeah, because I say not many people would fight a world ranked fighter in your in your eighth fight, would you? It was just I mean, it was too good an opportunity to turn down, and we nearly did it. But I mean, it was a yeah, a brilliant yeah. I mean, it was it was just a great fight. And, and and after that fight, I mean, you must have been proud of your performance that night. I know you didn't get the result, but you must have been proud of what you did. Yeah, I was, but a bit disappointed in myself because I think I played into the, oh, because I think he was, he was talking about, oh, I'm going to, 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 he's going to knock me out and, and um, him having, having a record of 20 fights and 19 KOs. 
Like I think I was so I was so determined to prove to him that that no he can't knock he can't knock me out. I you, you kind of when I was in the moment in the moment I forgot I wasn't thinking it's something I need to, I need to actually win the fight rather than just beat him up. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I got I think I got the beat him up part, but I think his experience allowed him to sort of allowed him to sort of switch up and say okay like, let me just try and win win the rounds and I think. Um, I think that allowed him to sort of to sort of nick it a bit, but again, experience because he had he'd think he was uh, not only just a, just uh, um, 20, twenty fights and nineteen um, nineteen KOs, he also fought for representing his country in the Olympics as well. So mm-hmm. he was um, um, he was an experienced kid. Why well, I, I, I yes. think the best anyway? Yes, no. So so now you're sort of thinking, how many children do you have yourself? <laughs> how many children? I have got four boys. You got four boys. <laughs> yeah, four boys. Yeah, they keep me busy. That's why I can't be. You're... So your poor wife, huh? Your poor, your poor wife. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Poor boy, is that is that you done now? Are you gonna have more? Yeah, no, I'm done. The shop is shut, man. I thought I was done at one boy. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> them, them three popped up from nowhere. But uh, but yeah, um, it's 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 fun. They 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 keep they keep me happy and yeah, they they they're good, man. Family's good. And would you let them box? Why let them box? I've, Oh, there's one. There's one who I think is talented, and 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 he does. He 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 does. Um, when, on the pads, he shows he shows some promise. Um, I th- yeah, I think I would, but his mum would. His mum, his their, their mum wouldn't. So that's 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 the most important <laughs> thing, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they if they if uh, if they want to, they 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 can go to Steve, not me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a well, it's an all. Thank you for coming and join. All the best to yourself and your wife and your family. Yeah, and and you. all stay and safe, and my friend, and look after yourselves, yeah? And to you, Steve, mate. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thanks a lot, my friend. Uh, Take well. care. Cheers. Mm. That's Matthew Chander, one of the most talented young men that I have had the privilege of managing. And we're going to be back on Wednesday, where we've got Mark Butler, exciting, undefeated super featherweight, Tommy Gilmore. Manager from Scotland also manages Gary Anderson, the dance player. We're going to talk about his career in boxing, all his trials and tribulations. That's going to be a very interesting interview. Darren Townley, a super lightweight from Devon who's heading toward titles. And boxing media journalist Jordan Foster. Join me Wednesday, 7 o'clock, and I look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye.